0: If you're looking for tourists, the area that runs from the top of Times Square up to the south entrance of Central Park is the place you would go. Today is perfect late spring weather, the sort that makes New York look exactly like it does in the movies. Baptiste and his friends are eating cupcakes outside Magnolia Bakery.
1: Oh, hello, my name is Baptiste, and I'm from France, Paris, so we are traveling with our friend today uh, during one week in New York, and so we have fun, we discover the city, and it's amazing, beautiful city with big buildings. What, what have you done today? Uh, we went to the MoMA Museum, uh, and after we ate in an Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. and now we are just uh, chilling with some... Uh, <laughs> dessert uh, here mm-hmm. in, uh, I guess it's uh, circus place? Yeah, uh, Columbus Circus. Co- Columbus Circus Place, yeah. But
0: what else are you going to do while you're here?
1: Tomorrow we are, I think we are going to the, what, what is the tower? We will, summit. Su- to the Summit Tower and uh, this afternoon we are going to rent bikes and go to Central Park. It's one of the biggest uh, trips we made since Covid, mm. like uh, everybody now want to travel and yeah, it's
0: It's nice. Thank you so much. Thank you you,
1: everyone.
0: Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye. Leisure travel after the horror of the pandemic has come back. Last year was the summer of revenge travel and this year is looking pretty much the same. Business travel is also climbing back to pre-pandemic norms and many of the biggest public hotels and brands have now reported higher than expected earnings and they're increasing their projections for the rest of the year. This is BizNow Reports, I'm Miriam Hall in Central Park. And with just a few days to go until the Memorial Day weekend, we're talking about the summer travel season on this episode. The pandemic, of course, was absolutely catastrophic for New York's tourism, but numbers are recovering. Tiffany Townsend is from NYC & Company. That's the official marketing and tourism organization for the city.
2: Tiffany Townsend, and I'm the Executive Vice President for Global Communications for New York City Tourism and Conventions. The end of 2022 we saw about an 85 percent recovery and we ended up ended the year with almost 57 million visitors uh to the city and we're still on that continued upward trend and so what we're expecting to see is about maybe 63 a little over 63 million visitors almost a 95 percent recovery in 2023 total so uh tourism is certainly back um we're certainly now being that it's may in uh, a, a more of a peak season. So January and February is really uh, a slower, tra- uh, slow or shoulder season for travel. And that's actually a normal trend. So that's actually a pre-pandemic trend. So that's actually a really good thing is that we're seeing normal travel patterns return to New York, which means you're going to see a little bit less travel, you're going to see a little bit more value if you come January and February, that first quarter of the year. Um, and then you're going to see the streets a little bit more full. Let's see May, uh, May, June, uh, and then into maybe earlier parts of July. So it's May, which also means you know people are traveling for spring and for Mother's Day. Uh, lots of graduations here happening in the city. Lots of great schools, and so you're definitely we're definitely benefiting from that as well.
0: At one point, they were saying it would take us till 2024, I believe, to t- totally recover. Is, are we still on that trajectory, or is it moving faster than we than we anticipated?
2: We are still seeing that we're we are on that trend for 2024, and and perhaps you know as as things do continue to change, um, there could be a possibility that we can meet that earlier. But all signs indicate that we're still on that that 2024 trend. Um, which is really, uh, I think, pretty remarkable given how just how um, impacted New York City was by the pandemic. Um, as you know, New York City is the number one port of entry to the U.S., and so um, one of the you know, beautiful things is that we benefit greatly from the international traveler. But that was also um, a huge hurdle in terms of build, building back and and recovering. You know, which we're still sort of in that mode, um, just knowing that we were not benefit benefiting from seeing international travelers.
0: Have we recovered? Um... Um, in the sa- in the way that we expected
2: to since uh, travel bans have been lifted? I would say looking not so much at pacing, but I think on a, on a market by market, um, a lot of markets have come back. And we're seeing uh, the UK certainly, our top markets traditionally are UK, Canada, France, Germany, Spain, Brazil, and China. And I think obviously China is certainly still the open question in terms of access to New York City um, from, from that country. So uh, what we have seen, though, last year, international travel actually tripled back to New York City in 2022. And we're expecting somewhere about 11 million uh, travelers from overseas collectively, international travelers for 2023.
0: Is there domestic travel happening as much as we thought? I, I mean, anecdotally, it doesn't seem like it is.
2: There there actually is. And I think that one is, I would say, from a, from a, a marketing perspective during the pandemic, we really leaned in. To courting the domestic traveler,
0: have we created new markets in a way? Then, when when we were doing all that effort into pushing, come to New York, come visit New York, are people that's going to likely to stay? Do you think?
2: I would like to think it would stay. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say we created new markets, but I think we tap deeper into the existing markets that we have. So we have a really great program, um, uh, a content series called Local Legends, um, and we have one for each borough. We've launched four out of the five. Number five, Brooklyn, the last and final, is going to air. Um, is going to air later this month, and it's just a really great way of following a local someone who's kind of you know the man the mayor they there in your neighborhood their neighborhood if you will and talking to them about um, what's the best way to explore their neighborhood through the food through the music through the culture um, through you know a particular set of eyes and so we've done Mott Haven in the Bronx we've done Washington Heights here in Manhattan we've done Jackson Heights in Queens and we've done Stapleton in Staten Island um, we'll be doing Flatbush in in Brooklyn and so that's a that's also a really um, great way into it and that that's in there, I think that there, there's something for everybody content wise.
0: How crazy is it that it really hasn't changed at all? People still want to come here. You know, we talked about our lives changing so much in the pandemic, but there's something that really hasn't changed, was just people are still kind of obsessed with New
2: York. It's, but that's the magic, right? That's kind of like why we live here. We think it's an amazing place. And, um, but that, I think that is kind of the, the magic of the city is that. You know, once I think we got to a certain point, people realized that all of the things that they loved and were interested in that they've always wanted to experience, you know, they made the time and you, we all heard about revenge travel and things like that. And everyone having their bucket list and saying, you know what, I am going to do it. There, there's no more. There's no more waiting. I wanted to see that show. I wanted to dine at this place. I wanted to go to this museum. I'm actually going to do it. Um, and I think you have that just sort of mixed with the allure that New York has always had for people. It's, you know, it's, we've got such incredible brand awareness um, and visibility and that, that's such a huge benefit. It's just, it's a place that people write about and movies are filmed, show, TV shows are, are, are filmed. And so it's just a, an incredibly aspirational um, destination. And even a pandemic couldn't couldn't change that for, for, for people.
0: Anything that's your uh, big, big tips for anything
2: to do this summer in New York? Well, it is the 50th anniversary of hip hop. This is what the city is celebrating. Yes, so August 11th, 1973, burn that into your brain. That is the first party that really is the, the, the night that hip hop was born um, in the Bronx. And so this year um, we will be, we're, we've already really started celebrating. <laughs> um, you'll, you will definitely hear a lot more about different events. Um, there's lots of exhibits happening, Photographiska over um, near Gramercy Park. Your public library has a lot of stuff going on. We've got some great new content on our website and the New City is doing um, a lot of other work. Expect concerts um, all across all five boroughs because hip hop really, it's born in the Bronx, but it's really born in New York City and uh, it, it has touched every area of the city. And so that's something that we're really, we're really diving into. And I think it's gonna be very, very special um, for this year and well into
3: 2024
4: i Lilo Bessels, I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada.
0: Nice, where are you from? Same place? <laughs> I'm
3: Hal Hilton and I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada.
0: You guys are on a vacation down here? We are indeed. What do you what's the occasion,
4: just for fun? Or? We had a commitment celebration for the two of us. We're wearing rings. Oh well, wow, congratulations! Yes, thank you. And so we came to New York to do that. It's a very sparkly, shiny, brand new ring. It is. Yes, yes. It's very beautiful. And he has one too. Show me yours. Oh, okay. congratulations. There we are. Why did you pick New York? Um, I have been here before, and it's the magical city and it has lots to offer, beautiful history and scenery. And so I wanted to share that with my loved one here. <laughs> this is your first time here?
3: First time in New York. Haven't seen it before and wanted to see it.
4: And I guess with COVID everything was on hold, you know, you couldn't do anything, yeah, it's terrible. Correct, yes. And now we're out of the reeds and we're here to celebrate life and here we are. So today we went and took a little tour in uh, Central Park just to kind of see the highlights and then we had bought a picnic with us and so we had a picnic in in one of the areas and had some laughs and fed some birds and now we're going to meander around uh, Times Square and then downtown to Pier 83 for a harbour cruise tonight. Sounds so romantic and yes. beautiful.
0: <laughs> Thank you. First time here, what do you think?
3: Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, last night we had the opportunity to see The Lion King mm. on Broadway. and yes, that, was, that was just great. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Very amazed with how friendly people are here yes. and very helpful. Yeah, really, really amazed by that. Didn't wow. anticipate that. What were you expecting, me New Yorkers? <laughs> um, well, well, we heard some, you know, we heard some things that people are, it's a busy city and everybody's busy minding their own business and moving along fast, yeah. so there isn't that time, so that's what we anticipated, but we were so surprised to the
0: better. CBRE last week once again lifted its forecast for hotel performance, thanks to demand being so much stronger than expected. The brokerage also put its forecast for this year's Revenue Per Available Room, or REVPAR, as it's known, at nearly $98, a 6% leap year over year.
3: My name is Thomas Penny and uh, I am president of Donahoe Hospitality Services.
0: So tell me, you know, you couldn't really describe a worse scenario than the pandemic for hotels, but recovery so far has really been quite incredible. How is um, your business looking?
3: At the height of the pandemic, uh, we had the closed hotels. We had to let long-tenured team members go. It was a, a very dark time for our business, one of the most challenging times in my 31 years. Uh, but now we have our employees back to work. They're uh, making materially more uh, as a result of, you know, the, the law of supply and demand. <laughs> and, uh, and they're happy. We're happy. And more importantly, our, our hotels are back. Activate it with hotel guests, and uh, we're at a much different place than we were, um, you know, 30 months ago.
0: So it's a it's a different story across the various um, geographies. But would you say across the board, you you've recovered um, from 2019? You're back up at those back up at those pre-pandemic levels?
3: That that is correct. Um, uh, we're up much because of more favorable rates. Our larger hotels are still, um, you know, trailing from an occupancy perspective, but I'd say most of our hotels are up both in rate and occupancy to 2019. And that's uh, as of, uh, you know, year to date through April.
0: You know, we called last year, last summer, the, the summer of revenge travel. Do you expect it to be the same this year?
3: I think uh, revenge travel is going to be around for a while. Um, so on one hand, remote work is not good for, for urban destinations. Uh, in that we just don't have the weekday traffic that we normally would have. Um, but for some of our destinations, Vegas being an example, remote work is good for that destination because folks are coming to Vegas and they're working from Vegas. <laughs> <Sure they are. laughs> and so uh, again, the, 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 uh, everything is, 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 is market specific. Um, ideally, uh, you know, we want to see folks get back to work. We think that's a uh, to our long-term interests, but, uh, but we think revenge travel is going to be around for a while. Folks were uh, pretty much at home for 24, 30 months. And uh, folks want to be out. They want to be around other people. They want to you know, experience the energy of, of uh, various destinations. Uh, they want unique experiences. And so uh, absent a recession, uh, we think that trend is going to continue along with the term that folks are using, bleasure, which is blended uh, travel with folks uh, you know, blending uh, travel purpose, business, and, and leisure travel.
0: Have you made any adaptations to the business as a result of that new human behavior around work and around the office?
3: Well, clearly, just from a service perspective, we've had to make adjustments. Uh, in many of the markets that we operate, uh, Monday through Thursday, our, our business mix was corporate government. And then Thursday through Sunday, it was leisure. Well, now we need to be leisure-minded seven days a week. Even as we service our corporate government customers, Um, they're not as uh, they're much more relaxed in their uh, navigating our hotels. Um, Even when they're here for business, they they they're going out a bit more than they 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 would pre-pandemic. And so we've had to basically adapt how we service guests because. Uh, the psychology of the things that they're looking for has changed as a result of the pandemic.
0: Did you expect that we would see such a significant change in the way the businesses operate just because of the fact that we work differently now?
3: So I'd like to, I'd like to say that I did predict it, but I think anyone in the business that could say definitively that they predicted um, the nuance of how our businesses change, uh, they may not be totally honest with you. Um, um, it, it has changed drastically, I think, just in remote work being something that is institutionalized. Um, I think uh, none of us thought that that would be the case. Um, our customer mix uh, in terms of, uh, you know, folks really wanting experiences and w- wanting to pay a premium for experiences. Uh, that, that's a new development in our business of which we're excited about. I think uh, just the level of energy and enthusiasm for travel. I think we all knew that it would come back, but come come back uh, with the, the level of vigor that we're seeing this year. I think uh, it, it is a pleasant surprise, and and so I would say that uh, you know um, it's come back stronger than what we all expected, um, and and we're excited.
0: There has been that cloud hanging over business travel for quite some time, and you're already seeing it there in DC with that slower return. But do you think this revenge travel, this enthusiasm for travel, as you say, is going to make up for business travel if it never returns across the board to the levels that we saw before the pandemic, before our lives changed?
3: So let me just speak to business travel. Our corporate group um, mix it is ahead of where we were same time 2019. So from a group corporate perspective, we are, um, in terms of our portfolio, uh, we're, we're ahead of where we were 2019. That's
0: crazy, right? That is very surprising.
3: Yeah, yeah. business transient um, is significantly stronger. It's probably at about 85, 90% of 2019. Um, so we're, we're seeing folks travel, business folks travel, um, I think what's you know, really got us excited is, in addition to those numbers, we see this, this leisure demand being really, really robust. Those things together really uh, has placed us almost in a different stratosphere, if you will, where, where leisure um, used to be cyclical, and now it's strong you know, almost year-round, and, and now we got corporate, government association coming back um, and we've yet to really see the the significant um, impact of 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 international travel Uh, once that really comes back in a in a compelling way you know if there's not a recession you know the runway could be even even rosier going forward
0: you know there is an element i guess of 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 um revenge business travel as well We were sort of trapped in our home markets for so long. People didn't get to see their team members for so long. They didn't get to sort of work together for so long. There's probably a lot of enthusiasm from that in the workplace perspective.
3: Yeah, and I think that initially folks enjoyed uh, working from their kitchen table uh, and their PJs. But now I think most folks want to get out. Um, they they want to experience other folks and uh, and so there is revenge business travel uh, we're seeing great attendance at citywide conventions across multiple markets um, so we're encouraged by that and uh, and so i think without question, we're seeing some, some revenge tra- travel amongst folks in the business space.
0: Can you make sense of these numbers? I mean, revenue per available room is at an all-time high. I've spoken to analysts and hotel researchers who say it's very hard to understand why people keep paying these prices, they keep re- raising the prices and people keep paying them. Um, how, I mean, how do you make sense of
2: that?
3: Well, you know, I think... You know, at the height of the pandemic, I mean, we were just seeing a massive loss of life as a result of COVID. And I think uh, many have experienced folks within their family and friend networks being impacted by COVID. And uh, personally, there are folks that were were young and healthy that were adversely impacted by COVID. So I think a lot of folks throughout the country, their priorities have shifted um, to realize just how fragile today is. And so um, I think you have folks willing to pay a premium to make certain that they make the most of the day and that they not only work hard, but they play hard. And so I think, uh, I think there's been a reset among many folks that uh, they're just changing their priorities to make certain that they don't put off traveling. And, uh, and we're benefiting from that.
0: Yeah, I guess it's a value reset across our society.
3: And, and clearly, we, we've always seen among, you know, millennials and Gen Zers, their focus has not been to amass as much wealth uh, as they've been focused on just just having unique experiences. And so uh, we're also seeing, you know, the workforce get younger and uh, those values, you know, manifest itself in, in some of the current trends.
0: Yeah, we could all be re- we could all be saving for retirement, but instead we're taking that girl's trip. That's uh, right, that's right. <laughs> right. Are you though expecting a recession this year, or, or just even just a slowdown as consumers tighten their belts? We do continuously see this very negative economic news, and that's going to have to filter through at some point to some people. So,
3: so while we do not see um, any. to remotely suggest a recession in our future bookings. What I will say is we're really concerned about what's happening on the Hill in terms of the debt ceiling discussion. Um, We have a chance to um, create another um, crisis, if you will, just as a result of folks not being able to get their work done and get their job done. And so, uh, you know, we have a, a date looming of which we have to get something done. I am really concerned about that. And I think that that can create a recession for us the latter half of the year. Uh, I'm an optimist by nature. So I would like to think that we're going to get something done. But I have a feeling that we'll probably either get an extension or it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hard way to go over the next, you know, 30 to 60 days. And so, you know, I would say on the government side, I think that uh, the risk of what our government friends in government can do to create a recession-like environment, uh, I'm more concerned about that than I am the, the economy at large.
0: Yeah, it could be that all this positive news could be erased. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And we got some folks on the government side that uh, I'm not sure they're concerned about um, the economy at large as much as they are concerned about scoring some ideological points, and and I'm equally critical of both sides.
0: How much of a problem has the labour crisis been?
3: I'm really concerned. I'm I'm spending more time than I've ever spent before on, you know, recruitment and retention. Um, I've always been actively engaged in recruitment and retention, but uh, I personally am going to more events myself. To really, uh, you know, speak to the fruits of our industry uh, as well as our organization. Um, As someone who started in the hotel industry 31 years ago washing dishes, um, I am, you know, suggesting to folks that this is an industry where you can go from washing dishes to being the president of a company. It's a low floor, high ceiling business but uh, I am concerned um, because there's just not enough uh, folks in the workforce. We're seeing it within our hotels on a day-to-day basis, um, and um, and so uh, I think we need immigration re- reform. I'm not convinced that that will happen, but our industry needs to rebrand itself to be uh, more attractive to a uh, you know, to gig workers, to, to younger folks, to folks that might have retired that may be looking to come back into the workforce. We just need to rebrand ourselves and kind of show the energy and just the, the fun that exists within our business. It's one of the few industries where you can travel the world without leaving the workplaces. I mean, uh, you, know, you got people from all over the world working in hotels and just being able to experience the various cultures. It's been incredibly fulfilling for me personally. And so I think we've got to tell our story better such that we can be more attractive to folks, especially given some of the tight labour restraints we see across industries.
0: Thank you to Thomas Penny, Tiffany Townsend, and the assortment of tourists featured in this story. I'm Miriam Hall. Thanks for listening.